Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you like, uh, like films about gladiators? <laughs> Tim's episode 275. I'm joined by Martin Melly. You are? I'm your host, Jamie, of course. Stephen was about to correct me, and I'm also joined by Stephen. I was about to point to you and say, and you are, but then that would have been absolutely terrible. So, yes, I am Stephen. I'm glad to be here. And the camera is recording this week. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, Jamie has pressed record, and uh, we're going to have the names underneath here this week so people, people in the comments know who we are. It's been a couple of weeks since yeah. we've featured on. YouTube. Thanks to anyone who watched that, despite the fact it was audio only. Mm. That was amateur hour from us last week. We recorded an entire podcast. Got a, it wasn't fully done. I think what we did was broke for a for a little bathroom break and realised the camera uh, wasn't on. I came back end, into the room. Everyone was sitting there with their I hands was, in their head in their hands. I was trying to swallow my own fist <laughs> uh, off the back of that. But look, it's a long season. Some things you just have to shake it off, Melly, and no, say... No one's here for the professionalism. Let's just, <coughs> let's just go on with it, it. It doesn't matter. But we're here now. We are back. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, which has seen an influx of listeners this season. We are very appreciative of it. If you want extra content, if you want fan-led Celtic coverage and features and podcasts and videos and just generally more of us three, um, you can sign up to patreon.com slash 20 minute tims there are various ways to support us their levels beginning at less than two quid a month that's happy meal money so for the price of a happy meal you can get extra podcasts from your three favourite Celtic podcasters and right into the football um, things are not going well Melly for Celtics and Postacoglu this is not the start of the season that we wanted it's not the start of the season we hoped for and I've got to admit I am worried about the direction of this season let's talk about the Dundee United game that 90 minutes in isolation it wasn't great it followed a pattern of not great performances we've seen in the league recently what did you make of it? It was really poor really really poor watching it back Celtic had plenty of chances to win the game but being at the game oh it was dreadful watching it sitting there going this is terrible Mm. this Mm. is terrible there's nothing here there's no intensity there's no press I just couldn't see what was happening with Celtic. We only create chances because we have the better players, but even still, we should be winning that game. It's Dundee United. Last week it was Livingston. These aren't really top six teams we're dropping points against. These mm. are bottom six teams. And I know what you're saying about worried about the direction and this rebuild and all that. Like This was probably coming, but because we had a decent start in the league, we thought, right, we can get off to it. But again, we're just missing our captain and our top player right now. And it just... It has an effect on the whole team and it's a really big effect. We're, we're looking at our lineup, Stephen, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about here. You don't yeah. want to throw the baby out of the bathwater with, with Ange Postacoglu. There's a lot to talk about off of just a 1-1 draw with Dundee United, which is which is strange. But again, everyone's attention turns to the lineup. Everyone's attention turns to the quality that we've got there, particularly on the bench. You're looking at players getting injured during the game as well. We've lost McCarthy to an injury during the 90 minutes. We lost Juranovic during during the 90 minutes. Personally, I keep coming back to the fact, that maybe this is a simplistic view, but that 11 players available to the manager should have been good enough to beat Livingston and they should have been good enough to beat Dundee United at home. I think on paper that's probably true, but I'm starting to have genuine worries now. And again, these will be proven right or wrong in due course much like when we come out of the transfer window thinking well on paper that's actually quite good but no one's ever really going to know about it until we either are successful this season or fail spectacularly who knows yet but I'm starting to actually worry about the general level of quality in this team me I'm I'm, I'm, I'm quite concerned about it Mm. I I don't know if we just we're 
sometimes I'm not speaking for anyone else right now. I'm, I'm using the kind of figurative we here when really I just mean myself. I, I just worry that I see the shirt and think, well, these players are probably better than everybody else in the league. They get paid more, they cost more. But are they? Are they? Are they necessarily any better? And see some of the guys on the bench at the moment as well. I don't. I don't mean to single out guys like Soro who comes on and you know tries his best and all that, right? But would he necessarily trouble the the starting eleven of many other teams in the top six? Is it's, have we just got guys who? I, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that. Right. I think maybe you're wrong in saying that they're they're not as good as the players in the yeah. league. Mate, I think that's too far. What I think we're dealing with here is players that are just not good enough to carry out the manager's instructions. Like looking at. Starfelt, for example, in the game, uh, before the Dundee United penalty shout, I think the key thing about Starfelt was he was getting pressed all game, right? And he was struggling with it. He get tackled, right? And a, and it was almost a mirror image of the tackle that Carter Vickers did on the Dundee United boy that uh, got the, 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 the penalty, pe- got the penalty shout, right? But the reason I'm talking about the Starfelt incident is that to me is a guy who still doesn't get the league he's playing in. You don't get time like that in Scottish football. People are on top of you. It's a physical league. You need to understand it. Anthony Ralston... I's become a bit of a meme I some of his performances earlier in the season were great and we were cheering them on and you know we, we think he's a much better but I mean it's he is a limited player his quality is diminished Tom Rogic I've been going nuts about Tom Rogic in the in the discord recently all our play goes through Tom Rogic I don't think the guy's I think he's a pure luxury I think he's a pure luxury Abada we're going to talk about all these guys in depth Abada Patchy, David Turnbull, good player, but is he good enough to be the central focus of Celtic's midfield? One of the main guys week in, week out? No, he's a player, young players developing melee, that should be surrounded by better players. We shouldn't be relying on James McCarthy, still trying to get fit. A jetty. We were talking we were all the goodwill around this table for a jetty oh, the last yeah. couple yeah. of weeks. I'm done it's with gone. the guy. Yeah, I'm done. absolutely done with him. And Jota, again, watching Jota in that Dundee United game, I was reminded quite a lot of Gordon Strachan and Aidan McGeady because for massive periods of that game it was get Jot on the ball and hopefully something can happen yep. the same way that we used to play under Strachan and McGeady. Merely the quality in this team, the quality, I it's good enough to beat Dundee United on paper but are they good enough to do what the manager wants them to do? Right now, no. But th- th- this was kind of always going to happen if we got injuries like that. Like I said it last weekend was... Not a lot of teams will function properly without a captain, the no. mainstay in midfield and the main man up front. He's just in Kyogo, but we've seen from the performance he's our best player. So you take it that out of the team, two best players, the quality diminishes severely and the, the midfield as well. Like Rogic yesterday, like just either shoot a pass, mate. You can't <laughs> have 20 touches no. every time because he gets himself into good positions and just wants to walk the ball into the net and do that perfect pass. Luxury, a pure luxury. Got if it's not going his way, he kind of get the sleeves rolled up. The problem is, but there's literally nobody there that can play the position and we're getting to the point now where maybe him and Turnbull, Turnbull scored during the week, but a wee bit lacking in confidence, maybe added to the fact they're playing every single game. These are two guys that last season or in previous season barely played 90 minutes for Celtic. Uh, Turnbull came off around 70 minutes most of the games mm. they played last season. Rogic we know about. So these guys are having to play longer than, well, they should be able to play 90 minutes, but they're playing Thursday, Sunday, every week right now. And maybe it's having an effect on their fitness, their confidence. Because at the end of the game, when the full-time whistle finished, I looked at the players and about five of them were hunched down on their knees or that. They just Mm. looked bereft of any skill or fitness in the second half. It was scary. But that's that's not a surprise for Tom Rogic, because Tom Rogic's never been a 90-minute player. So are we just going to, is Ange here, right? In the state of Celtics and Stephen is Ange that's the manager going to the well for discarded ideas that another someone else has already written off. Melly said it. Like Rogic, when was the last time a Celtic team revolved around Tommy Rogic? Well, years. That, that, that's it. And I'll qualify what I mean by being worried about the overall quality of the team. This all figures into it as well because like we're now Melly, you made a point ages ago, years ago now, even on the podcast about how you just chip away at quality in a in a squad, and all of a sudden players are promoted through default. So, I Charlie McGrew made a career at Celtic. <laughs> no offence, no offence. I'll whip across this table. Saw, saw him yesterday at the game. Actually, I know he was injured, but I saw him at the game. Looking, still looking fine, old Charlie. Shame about the, the talent. Parkhead Park Pielo. Never have a bad word said about him. But I, again, I, I hate singling out players, but you look across the team, and you, the it is full of players who have been promoted through that through default mm. who are now mainstays of the team who wouldn't previously under any other regime and I don't want to go back to Brendan Rodgers era because that's you know fruitless it's worthless now that we're a few years on from that but you look at the team we've got Anthony Ralston there and everyone has been 
impressed with him, including mm. on here, impressed with him this season, but he's now playing all the time, despite the fact that in previous seasons we would have been happy to just see him at the door. We've now got to the point where we're counting Greg Taylor as one of the key injuries. Oh, we're missing Greg Taylor. Just wait till we get Greg Taylor back. You're like, really? But um, Tom Rogic is another one. So it's like, would Tom Rogic be playing? Bear in mind, we, we had a team last season that shipped the league by 25 points. And that has taken significant hits with like Edward Christie, El Yunusi. And I'm not talking about how well, we should have kept these players. That's impossible. But my main point is that we had so much quality last season. It didn't work out and we could blame the players. We could blame the manager. We could blame the board or not, but it's gone now. But all that quality is gone. And I look across the squad just now and I wonder, not only have we not replaced it, are we now just celebrating largely mediocre players because think, that's what is what's there? I think a lot of the time, like I think it's fair to say that the Ange's signed a lot of these players but a lot of them he's just working with because they're there like a, a, a bad like a bad I wouldn't be first choice I, I don't think about I mean he's done well right and it's probably a good time to talk about him he, he scored right so a bad is quite good for me coming at the back post scoring a goal he's good yeah. instincts in the box but his principal job is a creator he's there to beat a man put a cross in find a yeti and once again I just found like that whole right side wasn't working a jetty wasn't working I'll be in a yeti if the proposition for a Yeti is, I'm a poacher. I play on the shoulder. I'll uh, I need to find a wee bit of space. You need to play me through, right? Fine. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm not going to close down for the front. I'm not going to be Furuhashi. I'm not going to be fighting to get every ball back. I'm not going to lead the defence from the front. You need to score when the chances come to you. Yeah. And that miss was inexcusable. I don't care if oh, it bounced up. He was leaning back. You don't. If you oh, if what you say is play me, but give me the ball in the six yard box and I'll score. And that's the only thing I'm going to do. Well, I gave you the ball in the six-yard box twice and you, and you missed twice. He had the head on the first half, then that one from three yards out where, oh, jeez, oh, and then he had a head on the second half where he just got his whole technique wrong and he was stretching for it. And I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Same with me. If, I always say, if you're going to have that sort of game where you're missing chances, you need to be bursting your ass to be closing things down, to be making more chances mm. for yourself. But he just, just looks like he can't be bothered. And it's, right. I don't want to get into body language and all that again, but... It was a pathetic performance from him. Those misses, yes, it'll maybe put your confidence down, but that's no reason not to give everything you've got in a game. And also, I just want to say thanks to Neil Lennon because originally we were just going to loan him and Neil Lennon said himself that he pushed <laughs> he pushed to pay five and a half mil. I pushed to make that one permanent. Cheers, mate. Thanks. We'll deal with your shit after you walk out the door. But just on the, the quality sort of thing, like... <laughs> we're stretched now. We don't have options when players aren't playing well. We don't have anybody to bring on, but... When you're looking at the overall quality, I get what you're saying, Stephen, but at the same time, Julian would have started yesterday. Taylor for, I, I for not being to, brilliant. I would just want I don't want to drift too far away from a Yeti because I think oh, there's no. a, a good discussion that we had there. So if Stephen, have you got anything to see on a Yeti before we get to the other guys that didn't drop in? Yeah, I've got plenty to do. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I might think I've got plenty to say in a Yeti, but really I could sum he up. He doesn't want that small. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Really I could sum up in one sentence. He's just not very good. I mean, right. I, th I think I've been more than fair with Albion Yeti over the course of this podcast. It even got to the point where as recent as two weeks ago or so, I was saying, ah, you know, we're just not clicking with him. We're just not finding the right chances for him. But the guy doesn't move. No. He's like, I, mean, I joked at the game, I he's like a striker for like 1996 or something. One of these like old fashioned English number nines who just hovers about the six yard box. The one thing I'll say in his defence is the header he had in the first half, the cross for Ralston was absolutely wild. Having seen it yeah, back, he absolutely smashed it off his head for like quite close range. When that was that was a mental cross actually, because Ralston had plenty of time to pick his spot and he just booted it as hard as he could at a Yeti. But the other chances, he absolutely should have scored. I suppose my question at Yeti would be, Stevens, how easy do you want this to? How easy do you want us to make it for you? Uh, I mean, this is Dundee United at home in the SPFL. You were playing for West Ham a couple of years ago. Like, where do you where do you want to be in your career? How much easier does it have to be? Well, these things are, I think, what's saving him from an absolute shellacking from fans. I think the, the only reason he's not getting a total, or, or really haven't been written off at all, because I think if Bayo was playing as often as Yeti is just now and mm. turning in those performances, he would have been absolutely slaughtered. But I think the only thing in Yeti's corner is the fact that he costs so much and he's a Swiss international he came for the Premier League and all that yeah. see if you strip all that away he basically is like Bayo or Amadou Baldi or something like that worse because we paid so much more for him exactly so it's like he's um, he scored a few goals double worse because we decided not to sign Ivan Tony. <laughs> well I know I know everyone is so tired of that but 
at the same time, it's such a blatant on, example. It's I such know. a blatant example. That's why. What I would fi- what I would say finally on Agetti is that it's just such a garbage piece of recruitment overall. Yeah. Just yeah. a terrible piece of recruitment. They went and got this guy because presumably some agent said he was available. Wasn't he having a good time at West Ham? Do you want this guy? I why not? We'll take him. Mm. Five million sounds good. He's, he's for Switzerland. He scored a few goals at Basel. We've not looked into him at all. We don't know if he suits any kind of system whatsoever because he just doesn't. He doesn't no. fit. I'm not saying he's a terrible player, but for whatever reason, he does not suit anything Celtic are trying to do at all. I've given him plenty of chances. He's had loads of goodwill on this podcast, mainly because we didn't want Charlie Adam to be right all those, <laughs> all those months ago when he wrote him off. But it's just does a bad thing. Does this maybe signing. give an insight into why Ange meekly attempted to uh, rehabilitate Lee Griffiths? With that comment about, you know, once he gets back scoring, because I'm just looking at a Yeti going, this guy's, this I, I, I've got two guys here, and Kyogo, if Kyogo's injured or he can't play, he definitely can't do it, a Yeti definitely can't do it, and I've got another one in Lee Griffiths, and that's it. Does well, it I mean, for me, it's the only explanation, because as I say, like, we've been very fair with a Yeti on this podcast, a wee bit too fair, but it's, like, the, the, the game's a bogey for him, and the only reason he's playing now is out of pure lack of options, and that, I mean, we, we jokingly mentioned them pre podcast, but it's a weird thing to bring up. But he reminded me a bit of Bowling Goalie. He's uh, yet he's only now playing because every single other striker's injured. Bowling Goalie only uh, plays when there's literally no options, none. Where is Bowling Goalie? Well, I'm glad now, just taking us down that path briefly, I'm glad now that he has been taken back out of the, the squad. Not for that reason in itself, I don't, I'm not being that blunt about it, but what the mystery has now been solved. If Bowling Goalie was considered for a game and is now considered part of the squad, he is in contention for a place in the squad, as we saw when we start the game. He's just not picked because he's pish, yeah. to be, to be yeah. perfectly yeah. honest. That, that's the reason he's not in the team. It's not any inner politics about people worrying about how the fans will take to him after that, what he, what he did last season, because that all did happen and he's still got a game. So he is considered part of the squad. He's just no picked. The problem is with that, we could be playing Juranovic in his correct position on the right, have a proper left back in. So the, the whole, all these injuries just throw, I'm willing to say all these injuries in some part have thrown off what I'm just trying to do. And you wanted to run through the injuries. We've got Julian, I can't remember how Julian got injured. Can you? So he cracked into the post during the game. Greg Taylor was injured in a fall. He hurt his shoulder against AZ. So, Juranovic, there we go, pulled up mid-game. McCarthy injured after a couple of heavy tackles in the Dundee United game. McGregor picked up a knock against Ross County and he struggled to shake it off. Forrest, I think, was injured in the AZ game as well, pulled up in that game. Forrest's been injured for the better part of over a year now Including as well. the injury yeah. he got against Riga last year. I don't think he's ever fully recovered from that injury. Yeah. Uh, Yakimakis, no pre-season, injured in the warm-up and Kyogo injured on international duty. I mean, the, the, it's... It is just bad luck. It's not like... Was it Arsenal went through a really bad spate of training injuries? Yeah. It's not like that's happening. It's it's bad luck. It's things that you can't... So when this, when all of those players are what you would consider first-team players, when they're all pulled out of the squad for various, at various times with various injuries all at the one time, it is going to throw off what the manager's trying to do. It is. And the, the players that have come in are either not quite good enough or young guys that have just basically joined the club or like the guys like Rogic and Turnbull you'd want one out of two of them in midfield and then you could rotate between them but we've literally no options Abada while he does get the goals he's got to do more in matches for me like you were saying I don't mind it on the left hand side with Jota he seems to be the more creative one the guy that puts the crosses in Abada will score similar to like Roberts and Sinclair if you get one creative one one Mm. scoring that's fine but when a jetty's through the middle, it all breaks down because there's nothing there. There's no yeah. link-up play. There's no dropping off. There's no pressing. No. There's no creating the space for those two guys. So that all breaks down. And then in the midfield, when Rogic just needs 20 touches. And then like the injury at McCarthy, it was a bad tackle. So I'm not going to say, oh, he's injury-prone because it was a sliding challenge that was quite bad. But as soon as Sorrow comes on, honestly, it was one of the worst halves I've ever seen from a Celtic player. The amount of passes that went astray again getting the wrong side of players and fouling and I when he went off and Juranovic went off Mont- Montgomery came on and again I, I, mate you can pass to a Celtic player if you want it was it wasn't unbelievable just, but the thing about it is it wasn't just him I was watching the game and the amount of passes that went astray it was like with a lot of the players where there was no partners to play it's like they didn't know where each other was going to be the amount of passes into space and no player was there or and you think to yourself, this just looks like a team that have never played together. It looks like 
as I've said about a million times, it looks like a manager struggling to get his ideas across to players who are not all in the same wavelength. They're not in the same wavelength, but they're not the same quality level, same level of fitness. This is this is the problem with this massive rebuild. It's why no team does it unless they have to, because mm. when you change all that, when you bring in so many new players to play a new system, it's going to take time. Add in all these injuries and players missing games, signing players late. If you were picking your first Celtic 11, it'd be nothing like that team, but you'd want them to play a run of games where you get maybe nine, eight, nine, ten of them all playing week after week mm-hmm. so they get to know each other, get to know the system. But it's impossible right now with the amount of games and injuries we have. And I can't, I can't, I'm looking at that game and going, that's another game we should have won. We had the chances, but even if we had won the game, I'd still be very concerned yeah, by yeah, the performance. Yeah. So, and, th- and that's it, Stephen. This is the thing. There's like so much going on at once because when you look at the game, we, what do we hit the bar three times? Yeah, yeah, a Yeti yeah. missed from two. And you know, and, and Dundee United should have at least had one guy sent off. The keeper should have walked for that tackle. Oh, that was, yeah, an abysmal Dreadful. one. Clancy had a nightmare. Father Clancy Father, <laughs> for both teams, man, he had a shocker. He had an absolute shocker. An absolute shocker. Yeah. But on another day, that's a game that you win. Quite. That's a game that you win. And also on another day, in isolation, if we didn't have that bad result against Livingston, we've not had a poor start to the season. That's one of these games in a season go, Christ, Dundee United were lucky to get away from us there. Yeah, I don't want to come on here and catastrophise after every single dropped point, but the fact is we're seven games into the season, we've already dropped points in four games, and it's that's a worry. It's it's almost impossible to just say, yeah, well, in isolation, in a, you know, in a vacuum, this game was actually okay, yeah. we could have won, but what you do is you find yourself saying that so often it starts to become reminiscent of last season where you think well you know we, we, we're going to kick into gear so and so and the injury thing is a big problem there's no getting away from that I don't want to use it as an excuse so I've had that debate before or discussion before where it's either excuses or reasons but what is clear to me that we talk about the the quality of the squad but this team cannot play without Kyogo and Callum McGregor it just can't and I think you could reasonably replace most of the other injuries you would take a hit, but in terms of the actual style of play and and just system, which has become an, another tiresome topic of debate as well, because well, because it's he's, he's there to manage and yeah, find yeah. a way to win these games. Yeah, it's, I don't think it, it's it's worthwhile having one rigid style of play and not ever moving from it, which is what I, I don't believe and possibly no. does. I'm sure he has a, a kind of an idea of how he wants the game to be played out, but it's, it shouldn't be dependent on two players, which it is. And how, how do you replace anyone of the style of Kyogo with Albania Yeti? It would be like it'd be like yeah. Chelsea not having Lukaku for a couple of games, like we've got Albania Yeti up front. It's, that's the thing. Play see, the same way. See this thing about, I don't for one minute believe the failure here is Ange has an approach that he will not shift from and he is going to keep playing this approach even though it's patently obvious it's not working. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that. My problem is, in an alternative universe, at the moment, I can see another manager getting better results with a Celtic team. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying that's what we need to do. We need to bring another man. But what I'm saying is, I can see another manager coming in and getting to grips with us. We've seen managers come in and have good starts to the season. Hmm. There's no getting... This is a terrible start to the season. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest, mate. When I'm, when I'm looking at that, there's when I'm looking at the available players right now, I'm not seeing a... Obvious formation. We can't go too up front. We don't have two strikers. If we go four two three one, Ralston and Montgomery bombing on the outside, is that going to but be you're any not, better? To be honest, I'm no, I'm not to put you down, Martin Melly, but you're not a football manager. You know, you're not, you don't the game, you, but uh, you play the game. But you, you know, a football manager would be able to come in and find a winning team out of that. I mean, God, if that boy for Dundee United, who their manager looks younger than all he is and made me feel like I'm wasting my whole entire <laughs> life doing podcasts and he's managing a football team, if he can pull together a team to get it, I mean, they played some better football than us. Aye, aye, but if he can just, do it, it's not just that. It's... Give him Angie's players. <laughs> Swap the managers. What do you think the outcome is? With, with these players, with the confidence, with the fitness, I swap. don't, I don't think. The truth. Swap, swap I don't the think it's been much difference. So I think you swap the managers in the yeah. day and the United are winning. But that game. we've said that in the past in European games, yes, and I think in European games that could be true. In in Scotland, no, I'm not I saying that boy's so. a better manager than Ange Postecoglou. By the way, I'm just saying on the day, given the resources available, the way Dundee United played, I, I think they could have got a result against us. I don't even think Dundee United played that well, to be honest. I don't think they had to. There's some decent spells and they were quite open as well. But it's just as soon as you take out 
certain elements of the team. I was looking at in the second half and I was going, well, we need to get better left back because Montgomery wasn't good enough. Mm. The main man in your midfield, your holding midfielder, Sorrell had a nightmare. The two guys ahead of that, Rogic was terrible. Your two wide players, one was, Jota was decent. It was just give him the ball, Abada got the goal, but, and you were terrible up front. So you're looking through it and you're going, terrible there, terrible there, terrible there. Add all that together. What, what did we do? We brought in two subs because of injuries and then nothing to change yeah. the game because there literally was nothing. So I, I just don't, we need to ride this out right now and hope to get a couple of players back after this international break. Hopefully McGregor will be back and Kyogo will be back and then maybe get Forrest in because I just, I can't see where the next win's coming from right now after mm. this. The Leverkusen game is going to be very difficult and Aberdeen away, they're not in great form but we just need to win that game and I don't know if I'd agree with just changing the style right now because I don't see a better style you, you, for Celtic to play. You don't need to change the style. But, but what, what, is that, can... what do you mean by just find a way to win a game, get a goal from a corner, well, well, put a big man up front? Well, we can try. Well, the problem we've got against Dundee United was in Livingston, they forced us wide. They just kept forcing us wide. You need to say, well, we're the better team. We need we need to have players you know, that can dictate our game onto the opposition yeah and Rogic and Turnbull are meant to do that but if they're not performing what, what can you do then because you turn to your bench and there's not one midfielder on the bench so what do you do, do you, but how you do you change to, that but how does any manager change anything how does by, any manager by making substitutes or bringing somebody on do you want to bring on Owen Moffat a what, 18 year old boy no I want, I want Ange Postacoglu to find a solution I don't know the solution I'm not the Celtic manager but he should be able to find it he's got all these players that are all much better than Dundee United at home if you, you can't possibly tell me there was no solution to that that, that a football manager couldn't find. There's, I just don't believe... I mean, I'm, I, I, you know, I, it's not up to me to come up with the solutions. I'm not the football manager. But what I'm saying is, with all the tools at his disposal, everything Ange Postacoglu's got, injuries to two players, which is what we're talking about, Kyogo and McGregor, either the best players. But you can't just say, oh, well, I can't, I can't date them. We're uh, just going to keep dropping points because I don't have the players. That's fair enough, but it's not just two players. That's your two best players. And as I said, Julian would have played Taylor, whether the Yankees good or not, he would have played. Forrest would have played. So that's five players instantly going to the team. That, or it's five players you could have available on the bench to make a change. You can't just go, right, it's no work in one game or a couple of games because we've no options. Throw my whole philosophy in the bin and go with this formation because everybody says, look, what's plan B or we should have done something different if, there, maybe if there was something obvious to do managers would do it no you no. can't I don't think you can say that either because right, can then you, you tell can... me one thing he could have done with the players available yesterday apart from get them to play better but I just think you can't say you know if there was something to do he would have done it because then you could write off every loss that every manager dictates because it's not you're instantly resolve, revolving what's the word I'm looking for not revolving the uh, manager result, resolve, absolving absolutely, yeah. you're absolving the manager of response <laughs> For responsibility Look, I, I, don't, I don't think you can only play one way or one formation no but you, you think there's in-game tweaks now you're putting me on the spot on a podcast saying what could they have done to win the game I'm obviously don't know that but for example could you instruct your wingers to come inside rather than consistently try to get to the byline and throw the ball in because well, Jota did do that and that's when he hit the bar so I think yeah. that's, I think a certain amount of luck does come into it but on just you know finding a way there are ways and there were ways and Celtic were doing them it's just that when when you pass to Tom Rogic and the ball rolls up his leg and bounces off his shoulder and somebody else breaks away with it, or when Turnbull does similar, when McCarthy, who has been the subject of huge debate as to whether he fits into this system or not, if he turns and plays a blind pass with his left foot, it's straight into the midfield and Fuchs or whoever breaks away with the ball, there's nothing a system's going to do about that. That's simply just players playing badly, making the wrong yeah. decisions. So do you think the issue is... Do you think well, This is a good point we've stumbled upon. Do you think the issue here is then... Ange's management or do you think it's the players are not good enough? I don't think the players are very good. I think that some of them are woefully off form. I think I don't think any of them are terrible players by any stretch of the imagination. I just apart think... But Apart from Sorrow. Could you say to Tom Rogic, for example, uh, you, you're only allowed two touches max. You need to take the ball and you need to give it away to somebody and you need to tell your, your wingers, as soon as the ball goes to Tom, you need to come inside and give him an option. Or David Tumble, you need to be right up beside them because that would that solve the problem of Tom Rogic taking five million touches and running into the box, mate? Well, poss possibly, but can you tell a professional guy, I know he's a manager not, but like two touches, does it actually work like that in football? And I look, think so. Celtic were terrible yesterday. I was, I was at the game, it was painful watching. But when you're looking across it, Jota hit the bar, Tumble hit the bar, Rogic had yeah. a great chance where he took too many touches. He had the bar as well. The, yeah, the header. Uh, Ayeti missed three very good chances. Abada went down the right and blazed two over. Hmm. 
if Celtic had got away with a result yesterday, could have gone right, poor performance, got the result. But when you're going on about you should have done something different, something different, apart from getting um, his players to finish better, is there much more he can do I right get, now? I guess the problem Ange's got is that is the only solution. You have to win these games. And that is what being Celtic manager is. You need to find a way to win the games. I hate to bring up Rangers. Rangers are playing crap at the moment. They're they're they ground out with the worst result. I saw some Rangers blogger talking about the the one 0 game they won at the weekend. They're the worst win I've ever seen. They ground out results against Motherwell. Stephen Gerrard is finding ways to win these games now. And and you can three years, four but years. That's but fine. But this is the reality of being Celtic manager. He can talk about the system, talk about not having the players. See, then did he's going to get sacked if he doesn't win the games, and the fans are not going to put up with it. That, well, that's fine, but we're seven games in here, and look, I'm not calling for him to be sacked. I'm just saying we can talk about, we can spend all day talking about systems and not having the players. But the reality is, you need to start winning the games, and he needs to find out how to do it. Whether he changes philosophy, changes system, comes up with a new formation, finds a plan B. Goes long and sticks Joe Hart up front. It doesn't matter. You need has to find fewer way. mediocre players, as I suggested yeah. in the opening minutes yeah. of this. Like, on, on Rangers, sorry to jump in here. I like, I don't know if it's necessarily Stephen Gerrard that's doing that, and I've never been one of these. Oh, he's a fake manager. It's actually the coaches that do it. Mm. I, my point here is that the, I spoke last week about the outrageous goal they get away with against. Uh, I can't remember Motherwell. Yeah, mm. was where the guy headed it in for the goal line despite the fact the keeper was the only other guy on the scene obviously offside right and I don't want to get into conspiracies here but was that Steven Gerrard that did that was no. was it Steven Gerrard who missed the penalty for Dundee in the following following game against him so I, I think I'm not just going to chalk it up to like hard luck for Celtic but no. with everything that's going against them just now with the injuries and as I, as I said I firmly believe some of these players are just not very good and we've just ended up with a load of players who are okay well, but what well, ones would you I, say aren't, aren't good enough right now Good enough right now, just in form. But I suppose mean, uh, another way to frame it could be if you know shouldn't be starting every week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that, that's it. Well, Soro, Turnbull, Rogic, maybe a badder. But there's, I mean, that's that I Ralston. That sounds well, terribly harsh and a badder because he's scoring goals. He's he's got six goals all, all this season so far. That, the that, YouTube comments. Are <laughs> yeah. See if you think Stephen's wrong about a badder. <laughs> Here's my here's my home address just <laughs> popping up from here. Um, See every play you've mentioned there, but right, Juranovic comes in for Ralston, yeah. right? McCarthy McGregor could come in in the midfield. Forrest could come in, and then Kyogo would come in. Yeah. So, like, they're not good enough. Would they be starting if those players were there? No, but ultimately, this is the problem that happens if you if you if you're unlucky enough to have a few injuries, you have to go with these players, and and it's ultimately, the, it all goes back to last season, doesn't it? Because yeah. you said it the other week, like. That can never happen again. No. Bringing in 12 players and we're still woefully short of no. quality and numbers. This was going to happen when you, you had a big rebuild like that and then we were hoping we wouldn't get injuries, but it's been happening all season. Forrest it's, get injured, Mikey Johnson get injured, Mikey Johnson's injured again. I, I don't want to go, because we'll end up in a circular argument here, but we need to remember it's only Dundee United and Livingston we're playing. And although these players aren't as good as the top level Celtic players, in my mind, they're good enough to beat what's in front of them. And from that performance the other day, it was disjointed. Some of the passing was terrible yeah. and the game plan didn't work. And if Ange's got a group of players that trains and in the mindset, these guys all know it, it seems to me maybe the, the I don't know what you want to call them, second level, the, not the reserves, but the players down are not really getting the way Ange wants to play. And maybe there needs to be more time in the training pitch with these guys. Maybe they've not had enough time under the manager. Maybe their mindset is, well, I'm not going to play it. I don't know. But the, he might, the players might not be top-level Celtic players, but in my mind, they're good enough to beat Livingston and Dundee United. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Some of Angie's comments after the game have attracted a lot of interest. He says, mm. we're disapp- one of the ones was he says, we're disappointed in the outcome, but obviously in terms of our approach to the game and the way we played, the manner in which we took the game to them, I think it's exactly what our supporters want to see. Mm, don't think so. Not exactly mm. what we want to see. I took his point about how, effectively, that's a that's like a long-winded way of saying we created enough chances mm-hmm. to win the game. That's kind of what he's getting at there. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but to say it's exactly what we want to see is stretching it to say the least I think I do I do agree with him that he could have won that game I mean to hit the bar three times is pretty crazy uh, I know that Dundee United had an arguable penalty but then there was a, a foul on Starfield on the, in the build up to that so it could have gone either way as much they as you said scored here, towards the end as well did you yeah, see their yeah. chance they had basically the whole goal to shoot uh, Hart had a, a good save towards the end as well just kind of doing low to his left the guy probably should have done better with it but as much as we're sitting here saying that on another day Celtic could have won so could Dundee United really if it had mm. kind of swung the too far the other direction because I think we're pretty poor. But I do, I, I totally disagree with that. It's exactly what we want to, what we want to see because yeah. uh, take away all the all the myth and magic about it. Ultimately, we want to see the team win. Yeah. And and yes, there's the Celtic way of playing football. We want to see them playing attacking football. But first and foremost, we need to be winning games in this. I think the 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 fans. I, I thought it was slightly disingenuous of people to paint it as the fans booing the team, the players and the manager at the game. The boos were huge. I, I was there, yeah. But around me, anyway, people were furious at the referee and the level of time-wasting from yeah. Dundee United. Somebody got booked for time-wasting and then proceeded to time-waste shortly after it. He took his boot off and all that. Yeah. So people were getting really tetchy around me about that. And as soon as the whistle went, everybody started booing. So I don't know if that was necessarily a direct message to the players and manager as it has been painted out. Because I think it removed the context that everybody was furious about some of the decisions being made around that. Uh, another. Oh, you got something to say on the original Just, comment. The, the problem I have with the comment is when... When you're at a game and you're getting frustrated as a fan, and I was really frustrated yesterday because I, I wasn't being entertained or I wasn't enjoying mm. what I was watching, and that's the problem. We've seen it a lot with Celtic last season. That's why it was so frustrating watching it in the house, but even previous to that, the fans are there to support the team, but the team also nev- need to give the fans something to work with here. They didn't. They created chances, but they didn't have those that barrage of chances they didn't have that pure pressure where the fans are, can really get behind the team the fans need to get behind the team but at the same time the players need to do something for the fans to get behind yeah, the team yeah. and we just didn't do that yesterday it was every time we had a chance we'd do something stupid with sorrow would fill somebody and take the whole pressure off us letting them give each player a chance to or you take the free kick you take until it went all the way back to the keeper and then Dundee United fair enough that's their game they, they, that's what they have to do but 
you need to give the fans something to work with and Celtic simply didn't do that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he said it's a weird league. You call things here early, don't you? I'm not pulling up any stumps after seven games. Um, we do call things early in, yeah. in, in Scotland and there's a reason why things are called early in Scotland because it's a two-horse race Yeah, yeah and yeah. the rest of the league is pretty weak. The rest of the league's pretty weak and, you know, if Rangers can get wins and draws against the majority of the league but we are picking up draws and losses and you open up a 7, 8, 9, 10 point gap before Christmas you know you've got to factor in perhaps one Glasgow Derby loss into that you know does he get it? because you you do call things early and that's Mm. famous famously in Scotland you call things early yeah he'll be looking at it from his point of view he can't come out and say oh that's it over can he but of course imagine <laughs> after seven games sorry lads I tried my best yeah. Yeah. we'll try again next year but that's a league officially gone we're not going to write it off yet because it is six points one win against them but that that also includes us winning all our games up to then and <laughs> yeah, right now yeah. we, we can't see that so what we need to do is get through this game next week against Aberdeen and hopefully regroup in this international break because again it's it's pretty massive for Celtic. Like I said, that Rafe Rovers game was massive for Celtic to get players fit and it didn't really happen, did mm. it? We get James no. McCarthy and then he goes off here. Jackie Marcus gets injured in the warm-up. Scales get a wee bit of time. Then our left-back goes off at the weekend. He doesn't even come on. So it didn't really work out the way we weren't. It just seems like everything's going against Celtic. And on your point about Rangers, Jamie, yes, he's grinding out results, but he's grinding out results with most of these players, bar Kent. And when Rangers get an injury, they've, They've got depth there. Celtic don't have that. They've had a style of play. Remember when they beat us last season, 2-0 at October, you said, Conor Goldson said after the game, we've been working on this style for three years now. It's working for us. Well, they've been working on that for three years. They were in a kind of similar position with Celtic when Gerard came in. Huge changes. Didn't see the benefits straight away. And you need to wait. We need to be a wee bit patient here because you'll see similar results when Gerard first came in. The results weren't great at the start. He got them through in Europe, similar mm. to Ange's got us in Europa League, and then it started to get better towards the end, but it was too late for them. We can't expect everything to just go right for us, especially with all the injuries here with the turnaround. I think with Gerard thing, and I hate talking about them on this, but he had a style of play and he stuck to it for so long and he got the benefits last year because he managed to weed out the crap players, get a team he wanted, add wee sprinkles of quality. We are miles away yeah. from that so, so far. Let, let me nail you down on something then. This is something that, you know, we, uh, we I think it's helpful when discussing Ange and discussing the state of Celtic at the moment to uh, nail down what represents success. It stops us going every week. He needs to go. He needs to stay. Come it's the, far too early for that. Yeah. But, well, it, well the com- it might be too early and we all agree it's too early to be having those conversations. But the, the converse, if he loses one more game, those conversations are going to start. See if Celtic are looking after the league by Halloween. The, the, right. the conversation seventh. Yeah, the conversations yeah. are definitely going to start. So there's, you can't <clears throat> keep your thumb in the dam for as long as that's going to take. So for us sitting around this table, right? What represents success for Celtic this season? Come the end of the season, what represents success? So taking a sort of top-down view, you no know, going every week, reacting to every result. Obviously, we'll do that because we have a weekly podcast. But come the end of the season, Stephen, for you, what represents success for Ange? It's a tough one, actually. I hadn't really ever fully considered that, really, what, what a successful season yeah, would look like. I know, yeah. oh, it's nailed, so. nailed, <laughs> nailed me down right enough. The Fenian Paxman right <laughs> enough. Where it's a, a, the, the, I think the reality of this is, is is starting to sink in. I think we are in the middle of a very, very ugly rebuild. And we talked about that all the time. Rebuild this, rebuild that. Yeah, we need to do this. But mm. now that we're actually in the midst of it, it does not look very good. And I think we're starting to feel the bite of that a wee bit. It was yeah. never going to turn around in six or seven weeks or ten games or however many it's been. But that I think all that taken into context, how we've started the season, I think I would be happy. Happy is the wrong word. But I think I would, rep- I would see it as progress a successful season moving in the right direction if we were simply to challenge for the league this season okay. now, that's not me being defeatist that's not me saying I don't care about winning the league just get that out of your heads right now of course I want to win the league but with all the damage that's been done to this club and it's still a shambles I mean we're, we're not going to get any of the board pish yet again on Jesus our podcast because I'm utterly, utterly what a job those guys are doing <laughs> utterly exhausted with it but because we're a few weeks on from it we've kind of moved on for the Dom McKay chat that's still hanging over us as well the, the club's a mess so with all that taken into context, I would be happy for if we looked at the end of the season and looked at the squad and thought, 
you know what? This is going places. This is a squad that looks I as if I can. I'm going to have to press you for an answer. Though. Yeah. Did you threaten to overrule him? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there. Who invented the skip? Who invented? <laughs> right. Uh, challenging for the league. A couple of cups, maybe. One so what's, cup, what, does, what does challenge of the league mean? Is that 13 points? If we no. lose the league by 13 points? No. <laughs> for me, I think five. I know that's completely arbitrary, but if we lose the league by any more than five, six I know points, what you mean, no, I, and I think we need to get some silverware at the end of the season. Yeah, because we've already had a season without it. That, yeah. that, those are always painful, of course, because they don't. I mean, as as much as we go up and down with with Celtic success, very rarely do we go two seasons without winning anything. So that and that this isn't us conceding the league. No, this no, is no, not, no, God, no, we're no, saying, right. and we're already in September. We're happy to concede the league. But what we're saying is, what represents success? Because I think, Melly, this is a point I made uh, in one of the first podcasts that that we did of this season. I think everyone sort of accepts. What I were in a period of transition. Celtic are needing a lot of work done. We need to rebuild. But the minutiae of that is not winning every week. The minutiae of that is long, painful slog. You only get two transfer windows. The manager famously doesn't have a lot of time. They work with his players and the training match. The European games come early. They're difficult. There's an early Glasgow derby to contend with. And, you know, the rebuild is not just something that you close your eyes and then you wake up and it's happened. Yeah. It is week after week, day after day. The manager, the everyone in the back room trying to... God knows what they're doing, but trying to support the manager in any way they can. But at the end of the season, what for you represents success? Uh, similar to Stephen, of course, I want to win the league and I still believe Celtic can win yeah, the league, to yeah, be yeah. honest, if if we can get players back and we can get ourselves a bit of momentum and go on a run. But if I'm looking at it sort of objectively, 25 points, cut that down. At the end of the season, I want to say, look, two or three players are added to the squad, whatever we have at the end of the season, we can go on and really do something. We can try and get into the Champions League and we can win the league next year because if it goes any more than 10, I'd be worried if it's around the 6, 7, you can go, well, maybe if we could have beat them in a couple of derbies, then that could mm. be the difference. But like, I'm tr- I can't think of any examples. And I know Celtic is quite a, a team that you can't really compare to a lot of teams, but this rebuild and I don't want to keep going back to it but it's huge it was never going to get fixed then there was always yeah. going to be places where we weren't going to have enough players or enough quality so we need to keep going the coattails of Rangers until January and we need to bring in at least three players who are going to make a difference to the yeah. first Aye. 14 I, I think and go from there and I, I'd like I'd like to win some silver but more importantly we need to look like all it's going to take is a couple of players to be challenging for the title for me I think on pitch success for me, as I said, a cup and within five or six points of Rangers is a minimum that, that I would accept. But I also need to see a style of play. Yeah, that's now, what I was going to say. There. I also need to see the club moving in a direction. I'm not talking about, we could do a whole podcast on how we need directors of football and board clear out in a new direction for the for the whole, the club as a whole and all that moving in another direction. But pitch wise, from the boardroom down, I need to see this this team going places I need to see a club with a style and a direction and we need to win both of the Glasgow derbies at Celtic Park we cannot yeah. lose to them at Celtic Park those are another couple of milestones we have to we have to look at we have to at least make both cup finals and win one and we need to be within a couple of wins come the end of the league minimum and as much as we're casting forward clearly here we can't tell the future we we can't well that not be might not be measurable. We might not be able to tell what a team going places looks like. You will be able to tell. You will yeah. you will get a feeling for how how the, the team is playing. And well, that's probably why we're sitting talking about this just now. It's because the team aren't playing well and this team isn't in good form. And but if you want a kernel, Stephen, of positivity, I suppose you could only look a couple of weeks ago when we had our best players and <laughs> yeah, the way we were playing. We still got the best goal difference in the league. <laughs> no six. We sat here not three or four weeks ago, or however many weeks ago it was, describing it as the best football we've seen played at Celtic mm-hmm. for years and some of our lifetimes and all that. I believe I put on it, but to have gone from that to missing a couple of players, hopefully. It's just the inverse of that. Hopefully mm-hmm. we get those players back and we're suddenly back to flying and beating Team 6-0 again. Hopefully that's just the difference, but that's how precarious it is. If we, what the, I think I don't like talking about Rangers on this as well, but I think that's the key difference here. While they might not have spectacularly talented players, they have competent, ready professionals who come in and mm-hmm. all, virtually every position and just fill it, just fill, yeah. a, fill a task. And I don't think we've got that just now. 
bear in mind, I, I'm, I know it's not as easy as saying that to fill the roles of Callum McGregor and Kyogo. Almost impossible. But we've got players who are so far the opposite of what they bring. That's the unfortunate thing. But instead of Kyogo, we've got Albion Ayeti. Instead yeah. of Callum McGregor, we've got Ismail Asoro. And that's an unacceptable drop-off, not only in quality, but in complete, total opposite in style from the players that we need in there. So hopefully we can improve upon that in what transfer windows to come. What? Well, See what you were saying. What your, your bare minimum is? Mm. What if Celtic don't get that towards the end of the season? Do you want the manager changed? If you had an option between the manager going and the board going, what would you do? Because no, I, it's, honestly, it's not it's not, it's not a toin cost. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just can't I see Celtic going forward with it. This board as well. What's going to happen next? It'll just be somebody I was else. Reluctant to get into this conversation because again, this could be an hour, right? Yeah. See if the manager fails, right? The board didn't bother it. The board, the, the, as we've said multiple times, this club needs a whole new direction, right? Yeah. And if the man, and if there's any doubt within the club that the board are the problem, if this manager fails, then at that point, surely they must go, mm, we're, we're making a mess. That's like the, the structure and the foundations don't exist for success at Celtic any longer. No. But I think there's there seems to be like all the sort of rumours and stuff about directors of football and boardroom changes and that. You would like to think that's going to happen. You would like to think that's on the way anyway. And we're at least going to get a new CEO at the very minimum, right? Some guy who's competent. Um, not to say Don McKay wasn't competent, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> right, fuck me. Um, but I think, I don't think a season's enough. Th- unless it's a catastrophe. Unless we're like mid-table for the majority of the season. Yeah. And it's obvi- unless it's plainly obvious that, that Ange can't get a tune out of this team. Even then you still, like the board are wedded to Ange. This, Andrew's their anchor and if he goes down he takes the lot of them with yeah, him yeah. undisputably but I, I think I like that by the way hmm? yeah. did you like that right? <laughs> I like that's how anchors work because anchors regularly go down but yeah, the boat yeah. doesn't don't, fall don't, don't take a ship with them that would yeah. just be a, a failure of, yeah. the, of the, ta- the sole task yeah, of the your anchor anchor's yeah. too, your anchor's too big if that happens but I, I just we, we can't have another ca- catastrophic season we no. just can't a final point I'll, I will make on this and oh, everything we're talking about, all these kind of more complex subjects than, we, than we'd like, is that we sat here the, all summer. We, well, as soon as Ange came in, we, we spoke about how this board have set Ange Postacoglu... Ange Postacoglu... Ange Postacoglu... Oh, Yogi Hughes called him some like Popstacoglu or something like that on SportsCenter. Hey, you Yogi Hughes. <laughs> John Hughes is a Friend saint. of the podcast. John Hughes um, is a saint. What we all said on here that... It was set up to fail. So if nothing changes, all the stuff we already Mm. knew going in and the manager fails, how can we possibly point the finger at him and say, oh, you're you're a crap manager, by the way? We just don't really know enough about what goes on behind the scenes of Celtic. Because when you read like what Andrew was saying in the summer, he was talking about how he was involved in recruitment and he was getting involved in all the bits and bobs. And it's like, He's, he was making reference to how much experience he has and how he can help with different parts of the football department. So you don't really know like how much input and not input that he's got and that's a huge problem in itself but because if Ange does fail and goes that all goes with him and there's yeah. there's nobody there these are the same it's the same people that bought the players last season that brought the players in this season with a bit of help from Ange so but you need to be careful with that argument because if what we're saying is all the structures from Ange up that exist right are useless they're useless at recruiting players useless at recruiting CEOs useless at recruiting um, heads of sports science or whatever useless at doing all this but the only thing they're not useless at is recruiting managers if you're going to take that approach then I think you maybe need to consider for a moment that Ange is fruit from the rotten tree if everything from Ange down is rubbish and every aspect of recruitment is rubbish you can't say I but he's a good manager oh. you need to say he's maybe the wrong guy and managers fail all the time we discuss it in this podcast relentlessly managers don't work you just change them we said about Neil Lent managers fail all the time so you need to be careful with this argument that you know absolutely everything's crap and nothing can possibly succeed it but, might be true yeah but if, yeah. if we're going to accept that that's true and if it might possibly be true then the potential for Ange being an iffy recruitment is, is also an, uh, something you need to discuss and that that's fine but we've seen the 6-0 the 5-0 the games we've torn teams apart with good players available what he can do so you need to go with that and like, wait, they might be crap at recruitment managers these are the ones that appointed Neil Lennon in a shower in a shower Neil Lennon won the league the following back year back here again yeah. he won the league the following Neil Lennon beat teams 5 and 6 now I'm not here to defend Neil Lennon but, and we're going to get back on the point and I desperately want to move on to Carl McGregor's new contract but being a manager is more than beating St Mirren 5 now when you've got all your best players available uh, I, I take that on board but at the same time like, if you're, we're saying we're, he's been set up to fail like 
what's going to be different with another manager? Do you yeah. think this board yeah, will get exactly. in somebody else exactly. and do things differently? No, they won't. They'll do the exact same thing and get rid they of tried, him. They tried that. They thought, what, who can we... This is probably a good place to end. The board thought, this outsider doesn't work. He's demanding too much. He's criticising too much of the way we do things. We're always right. We need a guy that's compliant. We need to get somebody in here that's going to work to the way we want to work. Anybody got Neil Lennon's number? <laughs> yeah. And that is how Neil Lennon yes. ends up Celtic manager. So no, we can't, we can't go back the way... Cal McGregor signed a new contract. Now, if you want to talk about directions of the club, Cal McGregor made mention about the fact that he'd spoken to the directors and he'd spoken to both. I don't know if he, I don't know if off camera there was this. <laughs> talk about how good a job we're doing. Right? I don't know if there Jamie was that pointing video. a gun for him to listen to oh, the yeah, podcast. Yeah, sorry, yeah, it's not all on video. In a, in a problematic arm gesture <laughs> yeah. for this support, yes, yes. If Cal McGregor's got like, there's a board up, you know. Um, and he was talking about it, you know, he'd spoken to the directors and the board and the direction of the club and it was all, I mean, you're going to say that about the guys that have just handed you a new whopping contract, aren't you? Hmm. I think the most person, the person that's most disappointed about Cal McGregor's new contract is um, top podcaster and all-round handsome guy, James Flynn, says here, who predicted that Cal McGregor was going to be a, a one-season <laughs> captain on his very popular podcast last week. Well, I, you never I, know. Well, I did, well, I did. The reason I thought that was because he didn't have the new contract and I thought, you know, he'll give it one season do the honorary thing and then, you know, thanks, goodbye. There's a big offer waiting for me down south. But I am delighted that Cal McGregor's our best player, has signed on for five years. He says he wants to finish his contract at the club. Uh, Millie's just off the back of talking for a long time, Stephen, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's massive. There's, there's no doubt about it with Cal McGregor signing what is effectively the rest of his career mm. uh, to the club. It, it's huge. If anyone, if these people exist, I don't know, if anyone was in any doubt about how important a player he is to Celtic, just cast your eye across the last few games. And yeah, we're getting wins in there as well. Beat Wraith Rovers fairly comfortably, if unspectacularly. But Callum McGregor is absolutely crucial to everything Celtic do and has been for a long time. This contract effectively changes nothing other than bringing him to our attention. Yeah. This week, uh, he is has been the most one of the most important players over the entire period of Celtic's utter dominance of remember, Scottish football. Uh, remember we started this podcast, we used to have the McGregor roller coaster. We used to <laughs> talk about right. how he was brilliant one week uh, and not so good the next. And oh, we, would, we would definitely have written Cal McGregor off pretty early on. Oh, did, you see the, did you see the, the Celtic wiki? The, the Someone dug up a snippet from the Celtic wiki. It was a, oh, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, a match I, report and it was a snippet from the Celtic wiki. I don't know, somebody would obviously written a comment as part of Cal McGregor's performance in that game. It was like, he needs to be sold immediately. <laughs> He's never going to be a player. The um, second most embarrassing thing on the Celtic wiki of all time, the, other than the Boyettes. The boy I, remember, <laughs> I remember the Boyettes segment. It was just, it was, oh, man. If you don't remember it, it's no longer with us, sadly, but the I'm boyettes. sorry sorry to put you on blast, Celtic wiki. It's an absolutely brilliant website, yes. but... But what the boyettes was and not even girls either it could have just wrote girls with an H but it was a, a string of it's sexy of, ladies in Celtic shirts and yeah, stuff like that was. some of them were photoshops some <laughs> of them Michelle were early Keegan. some of them were early year 2000 photoshops that somebody just googled Celtic boobs they googled Joe, Celtic boobs it was like Joe Guest and Michelle Marsh <laughs> and all that Jordan. some of them were so tenuous that like somebody saw like I don't know who was popular in the early Sarah Michelle Geller and thrown a Celtic shirt over and quickly taken a uh, picture Unbelievable boy! I think it must have been called Boyettes because of Sockerettes. Lindsay Don oh, McKenzie is right. another one from the early two thousand. <laughs> I think it was those Sockerettes. It must have been the Sockerettes from uh, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. Of Problematic. Oh, dear. Anyway, Cal McGregor. I'm delighted. It's, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Callum, I've ruined, I've ruined your bit by talking about the Boyettes. It's a great piece of business from Celtic, even though just talking about the board and all that. But this is like it's one of the pieces of the jigsaw that Celtic are going to need here. I keep come back to this, but come the end of the season. Celtic are going to have a real core of players that are only in the first sort of year of their contract. Like all the players we've signed, if we sign Carter Vickers and Jota, if they turn out to be good enough, then we've got a, a team that should be together for the rest of this season. Hopefully get a couple of players in in January and then we can get a couple of players at the end of the season. I know it's a long time away, but Cal McGregor has to be the centre of that. Yeah. I'm not for like building teams around players because as you see, if a player gets injured, like mm. it was always yep, build a team around it. Tom Rogic. With build a team around a guy that can't play a full season is ridiculous for me. So Callum McGregor is the sort of usually the sort of guy you can rely on every week, but we have to get him some help in there. James McCarthy coming in is a good start, but we're starting to see now these injuries players are picking up when they get to the late twenties at Celtic. It's no coincidence. James Forrest again, Callum McGregor, great players. 
but we need to have adequate backup for them. And Cal McGregor going forward now, I think he's starting to show the leadership we need. And a problem we had in that game at the weekend, apart from Joe Hart, we're full of wee guys. Cal mm-hmm. McGregor's not not a big guy, but he's not a wee guy. He will hey. he'll dictate play. He'll be that's all the kind of and that's the kind of crisp analysis. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean by I wee know guy, what you mean, but, but in just, stature, in, uh, in, yeah, yeah, in reputation. Just, not, not a wee guy. He's not a wee guy, but he's not a big guy. He's a medium guy. He's a medium-sized guy. <laughs> he's a sound guy, but he'll, he'll be a leader in there, and we were severely lacking that mm. the weekend, severely lacking an idea, somebody that can dictate play and get the boys playing the way Ange does. And Cal McGregor, Kyogo, Joe Hart are all critical to that. We need a strong spine, and those three, and maybe Julian or Carter Vickers, who, whatever centre-half, we need to get that spine for the team and work around that. So Cal McGregor is going to be integral to that and I'd love to see him finish his career at Celtic. Um, look, the thing about the Celtic fixture list is that the game's come thick fast. Yeah. And you've sure always do. got an opportunity to turn around this bad form. And what better opportunity <laughs> than the team currently second in the Bundesliga? <laughs> Leverkusen are coming to Celtic Park yeah. on Thursday for the Europa League. I almost don't care about that game. Um it's it's a game that when you're looking at the fixtures come out for the, the Europa League you're no expecting anything but it's one you think right get the, get the team go get the crowd going the lights blah 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 we could be in for an epic night um, we've seen them like with the AZ game with Ange but the way things are going at the moment I just want to get through that game with the injuries yeah it's looking like one you never want Celtic to lose of course you never want to write them off but a, a defeat with a decent performance again would take it I thought when the fixtures came out for this Europa League Still very early for us if we can get a point out of first two games, but right now it's hard to say. But I don't really see us getting that point mm. right now. I think they they will beat us convincingly, but we need to put up a good fight. We need to put up a good performance, and we need to get through without any injuries. Because again, this game probably like the best game. It's the second biggest game of Celtic's week. Aberdeen is a much bigger game for me. We need to get three points in that. You can't sacrifice games, but it's not as if there's players we can go. I'll just play him instead. Yeah. So we're, we're at that. We're at that stage. We're, we're playing the players instead yeah. already. We have a scouting podcast coming up. So um, for the Europa League games, we hire a professional scout and analyst to go and have a look at Celtic's Champions League opponents. Then I oh, sit- I'd love to be in the Champions oh. League. Europa League. <laughs> uh, and then I sit down with him and we discuss. So you sort of get what to expect, uh, their approach to the game, how they set up for set pieces, the key players, the danger men. And these podcasts, not just saying it, are really good. We get a lot of positive feedback on it. Uh, patreon.com slash 20 minute tims if you want to listen to that it'll probably be out on <laughs> Wednesday um, Stephen you're in the hot seat <laughs> uh, um, uh, what are your thoughts on Leverkusen uh, there's no getting away from it it's going to be a very very tough game no doubt about it I thought that going into the Betis game and came away from that pretty encouraged by the performance and the result you know, was, was a defeat but it was a narrow defeat it was an exciting back and forth however that encouragement was also fleeting since then we have yeah. lost a, a game and drawn and dropped some points at home so it didn't it didn't really say much for how Celtic were going to play going forward just yet my my biggest hope for this game could re- really only be that hopefully it's a good performance that kicks us on a bit that, yeah. that's really yeah. all I want from this I'm not going to be daft enough to say we should we need to win the home games because quite frankly we're going to be massive underdogs for a game like this, regardless of it's whether it's at home or not Leverkusen are no mugs the the Jeremy Frimpong derby oh, yeah. if you will um, I think it'll be a very very tough game against Leverkusen but we just need to hope it's one of those occasions where Celtic you know just pull it out of the bag a big European night crowd are there and all that but I, again I'm cl- I'm, I know yeah, I'm clutching it you're clutching it, it um, I know I am but that's that's really all, you're all I've got you clutching at cliches there's <laughs> a big handful of cliches yeah. and just dumped them right in the centre of the table here take your pick from one of those you guys you could have called it the old frim derby <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh raging absolutely raging but that, that's that's the best thing I've got to go on because there's nothing about this team just now where I could think well, if Albany Yeti just clicks into gear you know they'll be they'll be terrified mm. that uh, Ayeti's on fire Leverkusen's the fit, too many syllables for yeah, that, that song to fit work. in so uh, yeah, it's it's very very difficult. What are you Scatman, doing here? Scatman, <laughs> I got that song. You talk yourself down a cul-de-sac. You want me to no, take no, the ball? I was saying that we're still missing too many key players. Yeah, we're still yeah. missing too many vastly important players for this team for me to fancy it. But I just hope it's a good performance. Um, we've got the scouting podcast. We've obviously got the at the match podcast recorded on the way to the game and then after the game. And for all interior members, we do an exclusive 
video reaction with Celtic fans TV um, exclusive content for all in so that's patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims for the one millionth time the biggest game of the week is obviously the Aberdeen game they sit behind us in the league two points there are no wins in their last five the Aberdeen fans are listening to a podcast today talking about Aberdeen's season they are not particularly happy the way things go and their manager's already under a bit of pressure Tetchy he's getting Tetchy old Stephen Glass to be honest he's uh, getting in that, into that kind of that weird well, well, kind of Neil Lennon position with us mm. of last season, where every question he was asked was was met with just suspicion, and he's kind of firing back at reporters and all that. Now. Big brogues to fill there, <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Aberdeen for sure. Um, this is a I get so cliched, and it's I'm sick of saying it, and it's you know it gives me shivers and PTSD. This is an opportunity for Celtic to turn that around, but th- there's no excuse. You, you need to beat Aberdeen, Melly. Yeah, it was, we should do it when they look at their midfield: Scott Brown and Lewis Ferguson. You're like. Oh. Oh dear. <laughs> Bruno will fancy this. Oh, believe no believe you me. Coming back to absolutely bully this hodgepodge midfield. You'll do that thing to you just put your hand on <laughs> face and just push him away. Scott but, Brown's going to be walking about with a careful what you wish for t shirt on mm-hmm. under his Aberdeen shirt, I think. I was a bit sceptical of Aberdeen's recruitment because it was this fast attacking football and then they're signing 30 year old centre half. Scott Brown, they've already got Johnny Hayes now McGinn, but I thought some of the, the signings were decent, but it's, it's just no quite working. And look at take time for them as well but that's nothing to do with Celtic Celtic simply mm. need to go there and win we've done that well there in the last well, apart from last season obviously mm. but that's a bit a one off so we've done well up there they always shit the bed under McInnes I'd hope they'd <laughs> shit the bed under Stephen Glass because we really need the victory look, there's, we- no, there's no, look, you cannot lose you can't drop points to Livingston Dundee United and then Aberdeen you can't drop points to all these teams that are below you in the league and no. expect to get anywhere surely yeah. Stephen no you, you can't it's like the third must win in a row for Ange yeah because really. what, what we spoke about last week as well is that the debate doesn't need to be had just yet about whether Celtic can or cannot win the league from this point in the season I think that's I think that's premature but there are certain you know, realities that you're faced with if you're dropping this many points yeah, at that start, of stage error. of the season. Yeah, the margin of error is almost nil from September onwards as if you do that. every week. Exactly. And the, the people are will be arguing just now as to whether the league's gone or not. And I think that is crazy. But to anyone who's saying it's not, well, we might agree, that not is based entirely on the assumption that Celtic are going to start playing better <laughs> and, and we don't have anything can, really to go on yet. We can barely afford to drop any more points for the rest of the season. Exactly. That's so, the reality of it. So the answer is no, cannot cannot drop any more points at this point because that, that would be very, very worrying indeed. Find a way to win the games. That's all you have to do. <laughs> yeah. Find a way to win the games. And do on, better. Do better at your job. And on that bombshell... <laughs> Melly, we shall wrap up this episode of 20 Minute Tims. Thank you so much to everyone who listens. We are glad to be back on YouTube again. Um, if you disagree with us, we get involved in the YouTube comments below. We like to nip Don't in and speak reply. We've not uploaded it yet. Hopefully, <laughs> if you're seeing this, we are on YouTube. Yeah, if you're seeing it, we're on YouTube. Stephen, would you like to say goodbye? Would you I like to would. sign off? Goodbye, folks. Thanks for, thanks for having us. Goodbye and thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Goodbye. Hey, 